0: Hey, everybody. Melissa McKenzie of the Spectacle. Join with me uh, is Scott McKay, also the Spectacle. This week, we're semi back to normal, or at least I'm semi back to normal. I think we yeah off
1: injured reserve, are you?
0: A little bit. Last week was not good. Anyway, we have, this has been a packed week so far, news wise. And, uh, There's so much going on, Uh, but I want to revisit a story that has been ongoing and frankly surprised me. And that is the boycott of both uh, Target and Bud Light. And these two companies have gotten completely wrecked and it's scaring other companies. Finally, the normies yep. are rising up, I guess, and just saying no. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, I think shareholders are going to get ticked off uh, about all of this stuff. I think that's starting to happen. And um, corporate boards are having to make a choice whether or not to please their the, the big investment over, overlords and wreck their companies or whether anybody will buy their craft. So I I did not expect it to go this long. I didn't expect it to spread to all these other companies. Lululemon has, the CEO is like insane. And I find myself, I don't know if you saw that story where he was like dismissing kind of the, you know, thievery rings. And Lululemon headquarters didn't cooperate with police uh, with surveillance video of, of stealing in their company so that they're this woke company and I find myself hoping that the thieves just steal everything that they end go up with nothing just just wreck this place
1: yeah
0: I mean who really needs um these expensive I, Chris Rock had a great bit about <laughs> right. Lululemon and I was yeah. like just wreck it there you go just wreck You, it you, you he completely
1: does. stole my thunder because I was about to do the Chris Rock joke about, you know, we have the $100 anti-racist leggings. And he's like, I think if you ask around, you'll find that people will be more than happy with $20 racist leggings. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And, you know, and I mean, everybody knows this is a rip off. The question is, is whether you can attach enough style points to it to to kind of fake it until you make it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you're talking about knitted athletic wear, right? right? I mean, it looks the same as the stuff they sell at Walmart. It just has a different label on it. And, you know, and and to mask all that, you cover it in woke pieties, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, okay, fine. That's kind of fashion or whatever. I mean, you know, it's all branding and this and that. But the problem is, is that when the brand is... um celebratory of things that are um sinful in any you know definition of the word that that the religions of the Tao, as c.s lewis called it um you know would establish then you know like what kind of brand is that right like it's satan's brand and you know i think most people have gotten to the point where they're just you know they're you know, they, they put up with it for a while and now they're just yeah. tired of it and it's not yes. fun anymore. And everybody knows that it's the kind of elite, pretentious, incompetent, um, decadent scumbags at the top who are foisting this on everybody. Like by now, everybody knows the story of how Bud Light got this, you know, this. Gay guy who's LARPing as a teenage girl as yeah. a brand ambassador. But like they see the 32 year old um, late millennial with all the Ivy League degrees and absolutely no useful knowledge of any kind mm-hmm. at all. You know, like, oh, well, this was a fratty declining brand and we need to do something with it. And it's like, yep, well, it's not a fratty declining brand anymore. It's a freaking no brand and a free for all deal where they're going to pour that beer into the river and get all the fish drunk because nobody wants to buy it. And what you've done is, you know, you've wrecked this thing. I keep coming back and I do this all the time. And I guess I apologize for it, but I really don't. There's a movie. I think I've actually brought this up on the podcast. Um, If you've never seen Elizabethtown, uh, which uh, what is it? It's Orlando Bloom and uh, Alec Baldwin is in it. Um, and um, who's the girl? It's um,, um it's Kirsten Dunst, I guess. Um, and it's about this guy who's like he's a he's a shoe designer, basically works for Nike, okay. Like they don't say it's Nike, but essentially right. it's Nike. And Alec Baldwin is basically Phil Knight. Um, And so his job is, is, you know, he's going to make the next great shoe and it's what he makes is like a disaster, right? Like nobody wants to buy it. And so, you know, he's suicidal, but um, his dad dies and he's got to go to Kentucky for the funeral, I guess. Um, And so it kind of saves his life because all of a sudden he has something to do before he kills himself. And then he meets the girl who's a flight attendant. And it's actually, it's like, it's a really good movie. But the point is, it's like, he's the early thirties, somebody who has destroyed a major American company, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I keep coming back to Elizabethtown when I see the Bud Light thing, because I'm like, this is the, this is like the Elizabethtown reboot with the female lead this time. Yeah. Except I'm not sure there's a guy who's gonna like take her on as the boyfriend and save her life. Like she's destroyed everything that she's touched. And you almost can't blame her because she's just applying what they taught her in the Ivy League. Well, they right? had a consulting. She's just applying what they Oh no, this is how you run a company. And she's like, okay. Right. And so she runs the company into the ground and she's like. You know, well, what? This is what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to make us woke and inclusive and whatever. And why is nobody buying the beer? And why am I fired, right? And the answer has is, she, well, has she been fired yet? Though,
0: has she been fired?
1: Well, I mean, I don't, she's been put I mean, on
0: leave. Has she been fired, though?
1: Well, no. I mean, put it this way: she's fired from that position. Whether she's fired from the company or not, they probably will just keep paying her.
0: Right? Yeah, I, like whatever I mean, yeah.
1: you do, don't freaking talk to anybody about like what you got told from above, right? Because mm-hmm. we're going to try to make you the scapegoat for this and we'll buy right. your silence is mm-hmm. essentially what that is. Mm-hmm. And I guess her boss got the same treatment because mm-hmm. God forbid those emails get out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I'm
1: wondering yeah. at some point there'll be a shareholder lawsuit against anheuser Bush and those emails will get out. And you're going to find that this is, you know, wholly brought on by an ESG score and institutional investors, you know, who to some extent have backstopped the stock. But I noticed they've been less aggressive in doing so since uh, the boycott has continued. Right. Like, I mean, they're they were they lost about 10 billion initially, and then it kind of leveled off. And now they're down twenty-seven billion in market cap, right? Oh. And you Well like, they can
0: only do that so much. They're gonna have to answer to the Well their then they have them. their
1: own Yeah, they have their own people that they gotta answer to.
0: Yeah. Well, which I, I, I can't yeah. think of anybody
1: Well, and you know, the other the other thing, I'm sorry, the other thing is um your uh like state pension funds and things like that, particularly in red states. There's a big move on to uh, force the companies manage their money to invest only on the basis of profit and return, you know, like a bunch of states have put in like they're passing bills saying, you know, you can't do ESG anymore. Um, because, you know, like it's illegal for our money to be invested with you if you're going to invest on that basis, which is fantastic stuff, right? Like that's what needs to happen because if the more consequences you can impose on these people, the better. The next thing that needs to happen is you need to do antitrust on some of these big institutional investment Mm -hmm. funds and start breaking them up because the more they compete with each other, the less you can do this ESG stuff because somebody's going to come along and eat your lunch.
0: Well, the the ESD stuff is all made up. So, like, I don't know if if you have like looked at the ideology of these group, this whole thing. But basically, a bunch of lefties got together in some think tank, made up thing, to make a list of socially important things. It's a completely arbitrary thing, and of course. Uh, who's funding it is George Soros. When you get down to it, the Open Society right. Foundation. And and this whole thing, is just made up. It's all leftism imposed right. on the inclusion with government. So like tomorrow, <clears throat> I just saw Gabe Kaminsky, who everybody on here listening to me should be following. He's a, a reporter for the Washington Examiner, a young guy, and he's mm-hmm. phenomenal. And he yep. ha- has gotten a tip that basically um, there's been some Christopher Rufo and a couple other reporters have exposed colleges like University of Texas that have gotten uh, government grants to go through and score, say, like conservative and lefty um organizations based on leftist criteria of what counts as disinformation, and then students are dutifully going through and scoring these, this gets all packaged together, goes to a um, non-governmental organization that then goes to advertisers and says that all of these different right-leaning news sources are misinformation or disinformation, And it's all this big fascist thing. And so, like, um, I got a hold of uh, an article and some information here and passed it along to some of our legislators here in Texas. And, you know, all heck's going to break loose about this as people are getting wise to it that state funded dollars are being used, you know, how many of these kids are scholarship and being forced into being uh, brown shirts for the uh, government, the Democrats. This is all a political thing, and it is a way to control information. It's a way to control the marketplace. So between ESG and then trying to control all the information on all the different platforms, which as we know, um, is happening constantly. We are, Our podcast can't make it a week on YouTube because uh, of the sensors there. And it is a constant, ev- the tentacles are everywhere. And and Americans yes. feel themselves being strangled by this. They, it's not like... Yes. So when we walk into a Target and see this baloney in our face and then the Bud Light commercial with this Um, guy who I'm not even sure, like he's dating women now or something. I think he's just a guy looking for a freaking job. And
1: all of this is an attention ploy with this guy. I mean, look, all you need to do, all you need to know about Dylan Mulvaney is in the video from four years ago or whatever, when uh, he was on The Price is Right. Yeah. And they bring, you know, like a video is him coming down from the audience and he's, you know, yelling and screaming because he got chosen and he gets to go on and here's drew carey who's like rolling his eyes at him because it's like this obnoxiously effeminate gay guy right right um and i mean the whole thing is a larp it's a live action role play and you know it's it's a guy who you know wants to monetize attention whorishness and so he decides he's going to be trans and he's going to LARP as a teenage girl and everybody jumps on it and makes him a brand ambassador right? because of the, and we've talked about the whole social media influencer thing and how destructive that is um, but this is like that weaponized against the normals um, and you know I, like I think that more than anything else I mean, everybody hates the trans thing, but I think that is special, uh, especially obnoxious piece of that. You know, you're grabbing somebody who's like the worst attention whore anybody's ever seen and, you know, turning them into somebody famous. And of course, the White House brought this guy to the, to to meet Biden um, and, you know, they foisted him on the public. And like, I think it's just too much. And the target I think it's stuff a CIA it's I,
0: I swear this could this seems like a psyop because it's it's just so out of the blue and random and every he's on every media platform and it's just terrible and everybody kind of is fed up this le- leads to something else something that um you know so we've got the companies who are being, you know, beat about the head and neck. We'll see if anybody learns anything. But we've also kind of entered this territory where, if I see one more uh, uh, family-friendly drag show or family-friendly pride, whatever, there's nothing family-friendly inherently right. about this. And I want to talk about this idea. We used to uh, girls would go to a drag show for like their bachelorette party or, um, you know, the guys would go out to Vegas and everybody knows that prostitution stripping, you know, getting completely wasted, going to a a club. This is, you know, everything you see in, uh, the, is it the bachelor, whatever the show is with, um, Bradley Cooper, everybody knows that that sort of debauchery is an exception to the rule. It is a thing that, you know, gambling, it's a thing that you do right. that is antisocial. It is an adult pleasure, if you will, right. every once in a while. People understood that about, you know, right dad didn't put his porn magazines out on the coffee table. They were hidden in a stash.
1: (laughs) They were under the bed.
0: They were under the bed and the kid had to find it somewhere and then bury it. Like, I can't remember who I was, you know, burying like the Sears catalog or something out behind a tree, you know, uh, (laughs) that this was something that was naughty. It was adult. It was forbidden. And there was some excitement to do this kind of thing rarely on special occasions that was relatively social sanctioned, but everybody kind of was titillated by it. Now we're supposed to be okay with a baby being at a drag show. It is clearly sexualizing children. It's out of bounds behavior. And we're all supposed to sit here and pretend like the pride event is something that we should take children to. I have a friend who I will leave nameless who you know, one of those super uber woke, so righteous, they can, you know, there's the amen pew on the left. And I was like, why are you bringing your daughters to something like this? You know, you have these innocent, brilliant little children. And why would you want to take their innocence away at eight years old or however old they were um, for something that is clearly adult only? And, um, this has been kind of a new thing and it's aggressive. Like it's, so you have teachers flouncing around in elementary schools. We've seen video of that. These are people who who ha, are having trouble conveying, uh, basic mathematics and English, and they're dancing around, uh, with rainbow colors and doing pride baloney in public schools. They all should be fired. And the thing I thought of, Scott, since I'm on this rant, is that you substitute Christian for any of this, right? Let's put a, a an Easter arch at the public school and have everybody do a procession and get communion at the end of it. And everybody kind of honor that. Or right. uh, you put a, a, during Ramadan, let's starve the kids all day and not let them eat until they get home. How does everybody feel about that? Cause we're celebrating this culture, right? So, but we're supposed to accept the, the LGBTQ alphabet people religion. And it is a religion. It is uh, no different from, I mean, you know, stick the Druids in here. We have paganism as the new state sponsored religion. And I want no part of it. And I want my kids to have no part of it and keep it out of the schools. And yet here we are with all of this. And so like, there's just no kind of understanding that this is adult things. This is children things. This is things parents should, you know, do. I mean, parents are bringing their kids to this stuff and I'm like, round them up. These morons are too stupid to have children they should you know what are they doing sexualizing their own children it's it's just i don't get it anyway
1: well they think they think that they're broadening their kids' horizons right like literally that's what they think um and and i know this because we actually uh this this uh political action committee that i'm working with did a poll here in louisiana on this mm-hmm. um and we you know we broke out uh you know as you do we broke out the, the uh, respondents to the poll, you know, one of the breakouts we did was white liberals Mm -hmm. and, you know um, we did the whole uh, uh, sexually explicit books in the library question. Um, And I mean, you know, and it pulled off the charts uh, with people opposed in general, you know, the likely voters, I don't remember exactly what the numbers were, but it was well better than 60, 40 with people, saying yeah. that this is pornography right. and it's not broadening anybody's horizons. Republican voters is like a hundred to nothing, basically. Right. Right. And the white liberals were like 65 to 35 broadening the horizons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, like, the, so in other words, Judeo-Christian morality, as everyone understands it, um, like there's no Daniel Patrick Moynihan's left. Right. Like, I mean, you know, you don't there's you don't have people who, um, you know, well, I have the same values as you do. I just you know, I want to do things a little differently to get there. That's gone. Right. Most of these people, I mean, they they are in full revolt against, you know, natural law, objective yeah. truth. Yeah. You know, they I mean, you know, it's like Tucker. It's, Cross I have it. a question they think that they are God.
0: Right. Well, and, I have a question. Uh, Are the men and the women the same on the liberal side? Or is it the majority, majority liberal women?
1: Look, white liberal men are women. Okay. Like that's, there's no difference in terms of mentality. There's zero difference between white liberal men and white liberal women. And the reason is, is that white liberal men are generally speaking beta males. Mm -hmm. And so they're told how to think by women. Yeah. And, and so there's, rare, rare, I mean, you may see more of a spread on the conservative war or, or in the center between men and women on particularly social issues. Yeah. But when you, the further left you get, there is no difference between men and women because the T levels of the men tend to be so low as to reflect very little difference between them and women. I mean, that's just true when you talk to these people, you can tell it. There are very few macho man freaking hardcore lefty men yeah. anymore. 20 years ago you could find them. You can't find them now. No. Um so, you know, mm.
0: well I, I the mean- thing is is like I I'll give a personal anecdote. I had a neighbor um and our kids were around the same age. I won't say the same age, but they were, you know, she had some a couple kids and I had my kids and near the same age. And I remember she said to me that she had a conversation with her six-year-old son who is going into first grade about gayness. And I said, why? Why would you do that? Why would you have a conversation of- Yeah, because
1: the six-year-old needs to know about this stuff right now.
0: Well, she said, but he might meet someone. And I said, where? You know, I just said, where is he going to meet a child? Well, there might be a gay child. I was like, have you got, my kids are older. I was like, have you, you don't know the developmental stages of a child, but this is not a thing that comes up until puberty. This is, and this is the thing about the prepubescent, like uh, blockers and all of this. Anyone who is a parent who's seen their children go through these stages knows you have to impose this kind of thing. Because a prevubescent child doesn't even think in those terms, you know, like when I was a kid that age, I was, uh, I was, you know, no one was saying, oh, she must be a lesbian because she plays bombardment with the boys, which is something that I did and a couple of us other girls did too. And we were just town boys. And we, you know, we enjoyed sports. That was it. That that was the thing. And then, of course, a couple years later, as we got into middle school and got older and and the hormones start flowing, boys become interested in girls and they get stronger, bigger and faster. And the girls, you know, realize that they're different. I mean, it's just a normal thing. But a a kid before that is not sitting there going, you know, oh, she must be a lesbian because she likes playing basketball or playing kickball or stuff. Nobody thinks that. They're just kids. I think it is just horrendous. You don't even know what it means. Right. Well, this uh, for a liberal yeah. mother, though, which is what this woman was, to do this to her child, to take away his innocence, for the mother to do that so that he can't just go through elementary school and enjoy boys and girls just as they are is a terrible, terrible thing. We have so many ways that kids between their technology and everything else have their innocence taken. And for parents to do that to their kids, for a parent to take their baby to a drag show, it's just such a debauchery and immorality. It's 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 difficult to fathom. And it's like these people have... Their minds are so open, like their brains have fallen out. Like they just, they're not even um, thinking. And well, they're making their children I, sitting ducks for predators. That's the other thing.
1: Well, no question. I don't know if you saw this, but there's a video on Twitter um, of, I guess it was like the West Hollywood Pride Parade. Yeah. And one of the floats, is two guys and one of them's like all tied up wearing friggin' like bondage gear. And the other guy's got a whip. Yeah. And I don't know that he actually beats the guy, but like, he's, you know, flailing the whip around and it's, you know, I mean, the videos shared by all these conservative Twitter accounts going, Oh, so this is what I'm supposed to celebrate. Right. Like, this is what it is. And the thing of it is, is that, you know, I, I mean, I'd like, And I've heard this over and over again from gay people that I know. And they're like, I didn't sign up for any of this. This is not what they're like. This is not my agenda. Like who's imposing this on us? And I'm sitting there going, look, dude, you know, you're going to have to say something, right? Like you're going to have to speak out and take your movement or whatever it is back. It's the same thing, I, you know, the other video that's on Twitter that's like important that everybody should see is the interview that Matt Walsh did with Paula Scanlon, who was one of the swimmers on the Penn swim team, right? Right? Great, great interview. And Mm -hmm. like she does the up-talking thing really, really badly. And it just drives me nuts. And we need to make a, like a national commitment to get rid of up-talking. But um, other than that, what do you
0: mean by up talking?
1: The vocal fry. Oh, the vocal. Fry. Right when every sentence ends in a question, you oh, know. Okay. um She's bad about that. But other than that, and that's just a thing. I mean, it drives me nuts. She's fantastic, and she tells the whole story of look, they imposed this on us, and it was worse than that because, like, they basically did a psyop on all the swimmers on that team. She's talking about how this this one right. girl who was like in tears at the fact that there's a man in the locker room. So she mm-hmm. goes to the athletic director. She's like, look, I can't take this. This is horrible. And then she comes like, you know, they don't. They, when she comes back, so how'd it go? And she's like, no, 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 I'm all for it. This is great.
0: Yeah, big it was brother like, what? How the that. hell
1: could you be great? Yeah. Well, like you were in tears about this, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is, um, like, Her thing is she's like, you know, Riley Gaines has stood up. I'm standing up. Women are going to have to stand up and fix this because it's like, you know, like we love to have guys speaking up too, but this is our thing and we have to take it back because there's only so much credibility people are going to give to the guys. Well, that's true within the gay community. Insofar as this, you know, I mean, like the thing that I've got up at the American spectator today, we're recording this on June 6th. Um, is all about, look, it's time to cancel Pride Month because this is not about gay people. This is about the machine. This is about the, you know, whatever the woke religion is, is trying, Is it, this is an exercise of theirs. Hey, this is how much we dominate your culture that we can make you put up with the rainbow flags and the, and the trans kids and like the freak show for an entire month. And you better not say anything about it or else we're gonna like, like, They told Paula Scanlon and the rest of the the girls on the Penn swim team, you will be made to regret it if you stand up against this. Right. 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 Like that's a microcosm of this whole thing. Right. And, you know, and so the answer is, yeah, Transheiser Bush has got to go out of business. It needs to be destroyed as a company. Target needs to be destroyed as a company. There need to be scalps taken with no mercy at all. And yes, it's going to hurt people. If you're a if you know Anheuser-Busch distributor, I hope you've got other beer that you can move. And you'll move it because people will buy anything but Bud Light, okay? Um, you know, but and if you work at Target, get another job because the company you work for is going under because we're just not going to buy from Target. We're not going to buy Anheuser-Busch beer. And whoever else pops up, I mean, we got the better part of a month to go like everybody who makes an open show of all this has to be destroyed right. because it this is a power struggle. People need to understand this is between the Black Rocks and Vanguards and State Streets and the institutional investors and the woke money and the ESG freaking lunatics that set all this stuff up and the rest of us. And the rest of us have everything we need to win this We just have to have the will to go and do it. And I think you're beginning to see that, which is a very hopeful sign. A year ago, if I'd have told you, oh, by the way, you know, like a year from now, Bud Light as a brand is going to be on the verge of extinction. You know, and it would be like, really? What did they do? And it's like, well, you know, they hired a gay guy to be a brand ambassador. You said,
0: well, maybe gay. I mean, he's dating a woman. We don't know. He's gay.
1: He's gay. Up until five minutes ago, everybody knew that like, because I mean, he was talking about how, you know, he was so upset that, you know, well, I'm doing all of this and nobody, no guy will kiss me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been on a date in a year. And it's like, okay, um, <laughs> like that was foreseeable in case like, I don't know, your friends are not really your friends. Cause they didn't tell you this. And now he's like, well, I think I'm a lesbian. And it's like, no, you're a gay guy who might be thinking about being straight because you need somebody to give you some sex and nobody will because you're free anyway um, not,
0: well, the thing is is this is another way though
1: like i don't want to spend yeah. too much time on dylan mulvaney's sex and sexuality okay like i really don't want to drag our audience into that because i know you guys didn't sign up for that one but the point is i guess to like there, this is not a route to happiness for anyone Right. Okay. This doesn't solve anybody's problems. And the, the further we get through into this nightmare that of our culture, that's, that we're being dragged into the more obvious that's going to be the people who have already crossed this Rubicon and had sex change operations and so forth. 40% of them are suicidal. Right. Okay. Yeah. No parent. I mean, this is the thing. And I, I, maybe people just don't know it. Maybe you're not allowed to say it or or whatever but if you have a kid and your kid comes off with any sort of gender dysphoric tendencies okay and of course nobody really knows what that even means because you're a, if you're a lefty you're like you're can't wait to indoctrinate your kid in that um that ideology and then act on it as fast as you can but everybody else I mean you've got to discourage your kids from doing this crap And if there's any sign that they're being sucked into it through, you know, some sort of social contagion or, you know, like a social media, you have got to pry your kid out of that because what lies at the end of that two and five will try to kill themselves. Yeah. And that's if they get everything they want.
0: Here's the thing that I would say as a parent, you know, because I've had parents ask me, well, what would you do? The minute that I saw that my child was down this road. All electronics are taken away. Absolutely. They're they're taken out of school.
1: Yep, you're gonna read books now.
0: You, the the thing is, is as a parent, like if both of you are working, you downsize your life, one of you quits, you make that child your absolute 100% focus. And that is it, you never leave the child alone. That child doesn't have access to anything unless you see it first. Everything is through because these children are um, being brainwashed into believe that these psychopathic strangers are their friends and they're lonely. And teenagers and kids going through adolescence here's the thing it is a normal developmental stage for girls growing through puberty to be depressed. It yeah. is. And the thing is, when your child goes through it, as my child, like and every other child that I knew, um, did, because that's what happens with girls as their body changes and everything and no one feels comfortable and no one feels normal. If you don't have a parent saying, hey, this is a normal thing. This sucks. You hate it. You're, you're not going to feel good, but it will pass. You you will get to the other side of this. If you don't have a parent, which I did, actively saying that to you their child and then being with them and communicating to them, you are setting your child up for disaster. You are leaving them alone in a culture that actively wants to destroy them yep. for for sport. And so parents just have well, to for understand power. For yes, power.
1: Because yes. dysfunctional people, yes. all right, are not capable of acting in a free society. Dysfunctional people have to be controlled externally, which yes. is the fun- function of a government run by leftists. Yes. And, and that's, the, I mean, at, at root, that's what this is all about. You need a bunch of miserably unhappy, non-self-reliant people who are easy to govern. And if you don't believe me, then just go to the nearest big city and look around and you will freaking see it because it's there and it is being actively promoted at every turn. And anybody who tries to put a chink in that armor, okay, and and question something gets slapped down so hard it's not even funny and they use all the usual tools, so Um, I mean, you know, like it's it's not just that they're doing this for sport; they're doing this for domination.
0: Well, and and they want to remove parents' rights. So the way this, so in Minnesota and California, so this is all the the progression is this. So they say, so a kid, you have to affirm a child who is having mental health issues. You have to affirm their men, their their um their their psych. The psychopathy the the pathology that they're dealing with psychologically right. and if you don't the state can take your child away or the state can medicate your child without the parents permission
1: right
0: now the the child This is true in
1: Canada as well by the way
0: right and so the child is being influenced um by these peers and then by a medical community who financially gains from this child being on drugs for the rest of its life and, right. and all of the butchery that goes on with the surgery, they're taken away from their parents and ultimately see if a child is 12 and they can say, I'm a boy when they're a girl and can have the rights to do this, then how can a 12 year old girl not consent to sex? So this is setting up pedophilia as a state sanctioned thing where you're cutting children off from the safety net of their families. It is a cult. When people say this, this is what cults do. They cut people off from their family. They destroy the bonds that would save somebody. And they say, we will love you better. And it's the insecure. It's the weak. It's those who are easily preyed upon. And there is not a better group to do that with than teenage girls and boys and the thing is as as their uh environment gets worse and as we see more of these uh men who and i think this is um i mean, you know all of the female hormones in our water supply and everything else and in the plastics so you have young men who look like girls you know and they grow up very feminized and then they don't have the same kind of reaction to a, an assault like this because it is an assault. Right. And so like, this is what is what is happening. And some people are getting a whiff of it, but when you've got states where a mother or a father can take their pathology with them, their Munchausen's and have it state sanctioned and move to like California or Minnesota, to get this thing done against the will of the other parent or whatever, you're destroying. The state is intervening and destroying the family, which is what communists like to do. And ultimately the state has the power over the family. The only thing standing between complete domination in America of the state is the family. And so you've got all of these people who are doing this to to their children and destroying the generation, the next generation, and destroying fertility and everything else. And we have conservatives who have, even like this week, Um, Nat Walsh was making the point about, you know, we need to be fighting this. If you're not going to get in the fight, at least just shut up and let the people who are willing to fight about this fight for the culture. And we've had on, you know, the big business kind of right-leaning folks who are not too happy about all this culture warring. When they don't understand that, and I wrote about this years ago, Scott, years ago, you cannot be... Uh, a libertarian, a libertarianism falls inward at a certain point.
1: Yeah,
0: You can't no. have
1: this kind of... Woke conflict. destroyed libertarianism. I mean, well, like, that's the lesson of the last 10, 15 years at least is, yes, okay, there was a libertarian moment, but the minute the left was willing to weaponize the culture to create a communist society, you, you can't afford libertarianism any anymore because well, the the, the, they're is- going to use your things to destroy uh everything that you say you want i mean i i don't know that there are any more libertarians out there i think even the ones that are there realize yeah okay this is a great idea but it's not gonna work um really
0: i i mean you see yeah, i think we're past it.
1: that now there yeah. are people who are paid to be libertarians i get yeah. that yeah right like if you're in good if you're on google's payroll you'll put that but like i don't know that those people have a following anymore you know like i can't remember the last time anybody on any of my social feeds has forwarded something from or has shared something from reason.org like I, I like i can't remember the i do not even know if reason is still around because it
0: is but you know the thing is is that where it implodes and this is a, just a note to the people cuz i do know that there're still libertarians out there who who think this but it only works in a moral society you we do not have that. And, and so when you promote the social disharmony, which is what the left is doing with this culture war, these the end result is social chaos. And somebody Correct. has to feed these children. Somebody has to take care of these children. Someone has to pay for these surgeries, like to the tune of 500,000 or whatever, like the, the inmate up in Minnesota, suing the state to get a transgender surgery which i'm just like you're in prison bud you know this is not but you know they're gonna pay it unless they go to the supreme court about this it's just it's absurdity on top of absurdity and and with the goal of the state controlling everything
1: so now and and let me insert this real quick though because You know, you mentioned social chaos um, and you can also you can also talk about the um, the rise of public depravity, which we have Mm -hmm. Um, The you know, like those two factors were probably the overwhelming characteristics of uh, Weimar Germany in the late 20s and early 30s. Okay. I mean, it was a, it was a, they lost the war. Right. And, you know, the, the economy had completely collapsed based on fiat currency and um, uh, you know, the, the government having a debt, it could never pay. Right. And trying to inflate the currency beyond um, what, you know, what the debt would cost Uh, you know, you had a decline in manufacturing and so blue collar jobs were no longer really much of a thing. Uh, I mean, you know the the similarities were uncanny um and you know and the big thing is is that germany's biggest cities were i mean basically dens of sin right there was um you know i mean and there you know you had drag queens all over berlin and you had i mean it was a, it was a very um chaotic place in terms of um, the decline of a of a virtuous public, and the public that you know wanted to still be virtuous saw this stuff and was disgusted. Um, and so, your kind of liberal Democrats in Weimar Germany, who were the majority of the the public, basically identified as that, um, they were completely um, uh, unequal to the task. And the people who promised to bring back some semblance of public order in Germany mm-hmm. were the Nazis and the communists. Right. And they fought it out in the streets for control of the country because everybody else sat there with their thumbs up their butt waiting for somebody to lead the place. Right. And Oh, by the way, Weimar Germany was run by a guy who was 80 years old and could barely even freaking walk around. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. you know i mean can you get any more creepy in your in your um in your comparisons between then and now Mm -hmm. and you know and the thing of it is is like this was and and i did this thing last week at the spectator um about how um you know are, are we ready for a dictatorship Right. Well, and it was something John Hawkins talked about at his at his blog. And it was something Jesse Kelly had tweeted and kind of started the argument is, you know, hey, as bad as we are right now, we need a dictator because we're not the moral, virtuous people who are capable of governing themselves. Um, you know, and I mean, obviously, the way you fix that is you start impo- imposing morality by the same usual means that we've always done. Um or else it's going to be imposed on you by whoever takes over and throws away the constitution. So, um, that's a concern. And, and it's, it's one that we really should have been addressing years ago. And instead, you know, we're, we're really not, I mean, I don't think you fixed this problem with Donald Trump. Um, if for no other reason than that, you know, the other side starts laughing, at the idea that Donald Trump is going to lead America back, back to virtue, because as far as they're concerned, he's the most immoral man that's ever had the white house. Um, you know, and of course they replace him with a guy who takes bribes from China and showers with his 12 year old daughter naked. Uh, so, you know, you're not fixing anything with that. And I don't know where you go from here.
0: Well, uh, you go, um, totalitarian at a certain point the people get sick to death of everything and that's where it goes and here's the thing we haven't had the total financial collapse yet nope um but it's coming and and so like you've got you've got this kind of slow rolling catastrophe kind of coming um and uh No one is really talking about it, but there's some really troubling signs there. Like it's bubbling underneath the surface. And I, frankly, I just keep being surprised that it doesn't kind of, the bottom doesn't fall out, but you have, you know, personal debt going up. You have certain circumstances, such as like uh, people with college student loans not being forced to repay their debt yet. You have all sorts of ways that even now, uh, inflation is propping you know the the government imposed inflation is kind of propping things up and and there's kind of trouble of brewing yep. and and so like you have an it, and already it's affected the tech sector so like we've talked about this a little bit before I retweeted something really interesting today about San Francisco this wasn't where I was thinking we were gonna go but so like two uh uh Hilton properties, really big beautiful buildings in San Francisco have just uh gone back to um have turned over their uh buildings to the to the banks they can't afford the taxes anymore no one's coming to right. these uh buildings the buildings are worthless so right now in all the cities across America that they got destroyed with black lives matter and then the you know the it, with the hopes of Biden getting elected, which is what happening, and then sending a bunch of money into the cities, which is what happened, and all the grift and everything else that's happened, well, that has destroyed underlying everything. You've got all of this commercial property sitting empty and, uh, and has been val- valued at pre-COVID dollars. And right. so uh, the tax base is so high. And so what? what's happening now with like what the Hilton did with that property is like there was another big building in San Francisco that just sold at seven, 70% off the listed price. Everything is overvalued. And so all of those uh, properties, all of those companies are paying taxes on something that is worth probably 70 to 80% much less than what they're actually paying out. Well, what happens to the city coffers when that happens? And I, I predicted this outer utter collapse. And so, like, I lived in Michigan and saw what happened to Detroit over the years, right? And I was like, you cannot play this Black Lives Matter game and destroy the cities and think that government grants are gonna bail out what you're doing to these cities. Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, San Francisco, Los Angeles you are going to have these catastrophic failures in these cities where,
1: yeah.
0: you know, because it's not like, in well, you're having
1: in- it now. I mean, that that's happening. Right. And, happening. And the federal government is, is kind of papering the slide uh, on the way right. down, you know, but I but mean, the
0: thing is that there will be a point if, if this happens where where businesses are sending their property back to the banks mm-hmm. who are already by the way have lost uh unbelievable amount of capitalization this year alone yeah which which the federal government is infusing cash constantly trying to keep these banks liquid right there's going to come a point where there's just nothing else to do but fail and yeah. And or cause Venezuela type inflation, you know, we're yeah. talking like 176% inflation or something insane. But,
1: either, either way, yeah. you can't prop up these failing cities, right? Like either way, you, you're going to come to the end of that road. Um, You know, and the, and the only way to, to fix it is, you know, municipal bankruptcy and receivership and the state governments have to take the thing over and they're probably going to subdivide these cities into Um, you know, separate towns so that you can break up the machines that run them and all these other different kinds of things, all of which could happen in red states, but not blue. Um,
0: Well, then you have to like law and order. So like what happened in Detroit is they couldn't pay their teachers and they couldn't pay law enforcement or any of the services. mm -hmm. So you had uh, no-go zones where the police and you know social cohesion just completely disintegrated and the we're already seeing white flight no one's talking about this but we're already seeing in the cities people who can move are moving out right and so as that accelerates and uh then you're left with kind of like um this lawlessness like you see in portland and san francisco and to a lesser extent new york but happening in right. these cities, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. And then so like you as that accelerates and people leave and the law abiding leave. And then all you have left is um in the other parts of the state are the people who cannot move. Right. Because then the secondary thing that happens once people get out of the cities and then all the jobs leave. And so mm-hmm. then when the jobs leave The people who are left are the people who are stuck there so like if you go to upstate new york there's no manufacturers left there because everybody gets sick of supporting uh sending their tax dollars to support the city and so the upstate manufacturers leave and the only people who are left are retirees and and so like you so if this happens to all the blue states which What's extraordinary in a beautiful state like California, it is happening. How, home prices are starting to dramatically drop. The and I'm just like, man, I was there the first time it happened in the late 80s and the early 90s, and where people were walking away from their property became because it became worthless, because no one no it was all so inflated. And then and if that happens to all of these states, which there's a good chance of it happening, because look at the tax uh, revenue that has completely you know, dropped, the bottom has dropped out in California. Um, you don't come back from that. This is was the point of my article. If you look at right. Michigan now, if you look at Detroit now, it is an empty shell. And they yeah. have tried... You know, uh, you know, government zones and this and that millions, maybe billions have been thrown into uh, Detroit to try to make it and literally the city has gone to seed. There's certain parts of the city where cops can't go. You have the little enclaves around it where, you know, there's gated communities and the uh, strong police presence um, to keep the zombies out and and so, like, the, the Democrats have been playing with fire. Yeah. And, and I what I don't know is whether this has been planned. Like, if they're trying to do this kind of catastrophic failure to impose, like, the one currency and have a kind of a nationalistic uh, government that imposes draconian uh, restrictions on the population everywhere let the inmates run amok to destroy things so that they can um, have a power come in and take over. I don't know, but it's certainly suspicious. So to distract us from all of this underlying bubbling under, you know, this thing that's happening underneath everything, we have news of UFOs. I don't know what you think about that. I read the whole article about it, that the government has um, some tech unearthly tech that they're trying to reverse engineer blah blah I call BS I think it's I think it's complete baloney um what do you think about all of that
1: well you know I I, I'm I've yet to come up with a personal theory on um why you would keep all of that stuff quiet Mm -hmm. uh, for as long as you have. Um, I mean, you know, there has been so much in the pop culture about UFOs that you could come out and announce, okay, we got all this stuff and it's real and it's whatever. And you wouldn't, nobody would bat an eye at this point. Everybody expects that it's true. Um, really? Yeah. I like, I mean, you know, put it this way, even if you don't believe in it, you wouldn't be surprised that it was true because you've heard about it all your life. Right. Yeah. Go all the way back to the fifties. And they, you know, they were making, you know, sci-fi UFO movies and all like, we've had this going on forever. It's not news to anybody. Now I'm sure if the, this guy was a grush, I think isn't Dave grush mm-hmm. is the, mm-hmm. is the guy that, that has come out and done this whole thing. Um, like if he, if he's got the goods and it comes out and you know he's like, yeah okay well we we do have spaceships that we found at roswell and all this other kind of stuff like that um like i don't think that anybody's gonna be just oh my god i never could have thought that that was the case everybody's heard about area 51 everybody's heard about um would you believe it though like
0: would you believe the 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 evidence that the government provided like like you know we have we've just like for example today there's a story in the washington post that the cia is saying that they had foreknowledge of ukrainian special group blowing up the nord stream pipeline I call BS. Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't believe anything Why CIA, do we
0: even believe what the CIA is saying at no. this point? They have every motivation, especially as things are obviously going south in Ukraine. Right. Ukraine is going to be a, a charred husk when all of this is done. Sure. This, and it'll be our fault. It's going to be our fault. It's completely preventable. People could have come to the table a year and a half ago Sure. Give give uh, Putin some shoreline and be done with it. But no, we have to, like, destroy this country and potentially get into a, a World War Three. Right. For what? To cover up the secrets of a world elite that has kept them all in Ukraine. It, right. And my, ran bio
1: labs there and laundered right, the all kinds thing. of money. And like our hands are so dirty in Ukraine. It's a national disgrace. And the guy who's running the country has got his the dirtiest hands of all. Um, and you know, 20 years from now, whatever's left of America is gonna go back through all this and just be now that will be shocking when all of that stuff comes out, much more so than the UFOs. Um you know, and a year or so ago, what I wrote at the at The Spectator, um, when this stuff first got started, you know, was I mean, I asked the question how sure are you that these lights in the sky and these phenomena and all this kind of stuff, like how sure are you that this is aliens from another planet rather than something that can be more accurately described through spirituality? Right. Because uh, for example, go back and look at Fatima and what happened in what 1918 in Fatima, right? That was, you know, Fatima was a place in Portugal and there were lights in the sky and there was, you know, a visitor who appeared as the Virgin Mary and talked to these kids and told them all about, you know, look, um, you know, there's a war, it needs to stop, all this kind of stuff like that. And, you know, and the kids didn't really know, but they passed along what the Virgin Mary was saying um. And a lot of the stuff came out as really sort of cryptic things that, in hindsight, you can look at and go, wow, because some of the stuff was predictions that came true. Um, so, you know, in a modern context, okay... You would look at all and you know, then there was the big sort of lights in the sky that everybody thought the sun was descending and falling to earth. And you know, there was all these thousands of people that were there, and everybody got all freaked out and whatever. In, you know, and in 1918, Portugal, that was analyzed through the prism of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. In you know, 2023, Toledo, Ohio. All right. You would analyze that through the prism of aliens coming to Earth. And so, you know, my thing is, is like, are we really so much more enlightened and and informed now than people were in, you know, Fatima in 1918 or in Medjugorje or in some of these other things where, you know, what, what was seen was not all that different from what people report when they call it a UFO sighting. Um, and you know, like, I'm going to ask the question: like, how do you know this is not some sort of spiritual sign being, you know, thrown out there? And you know, I mean, you don't attribute things to spirit spirituality when it's a Navy pilot recording it on his on his, you know, um, his uh, cockpit camera, all right? But it might very well be that there's no, I mean. You know, where, where is the guy who lands from the spaceship and says, take me to your leader? You know, and I'm not saying that it's not possible. I just have a hard time getting my head around the idea that an alien species that is, um, doesn't respond to radio signals that we have sent out for half a century now, you know, SETI's been going since the early 70s, all right, and we're sending out radio signals, you know, we're calling... I mean, stupidly, I might add, calling every alien civilization in the universe to come <laughs> to Earth and break bread with us, right? And right. the chances are pretty good that they'll get here and find us wanting and say, pretty nice planet, but for the, you know, two-legged freaking creatures that live on it.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that's always been like, why are we doing this like, if there d- d- are does anybody
1: <laughs> Like, we stopped valuing privacy a long time before the internet came along, right? Like, um, you know, like, and yet nobody has answered the radio signals Um, in a way that clearly they're more advanced than we are. They would probably have to figure out how to communicate with us on our own frequency, and yet nobody does it. Um, The government maybe has this, but the regular folks don't. And you know, the people who do claim that they've got some evidence of UFOs kind of always come off as sketchy and you know, like grifterish. And okay, so, and I'm not saying that all of this is a grift. What I am saying is you'd think there was a lot harder proof out there than there is. Okay. And but what's the one thing that you struggle to find hard proof of? The spiritual stuff. Hmm. Right? That's that's faith-based. It's never tangible. I mean, you know, Christians would argue differently, I guess, but, you know, to somebody who's not, um, uh, doesn't see their, their, uh, their life in a, um, biblical prism per se, you know, well, there's not a lot of evidence out there. Okay, fine. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just, it's a, it's a state of mind and it's a, and it's an article of faith more so than, a tangible thing that anybody can look at and without knowing the context of things immediately attribute to something spiritual, which is exactly what all this UFO stuff is. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they do have spaceships that are sitting in a hangar somewhere, okay, that they won't show anybody. Maybe it's out there, and this guy apparently says so, but until I see evidence of that, I'm going to say that spirituality and religion may be a better explainer than quote unquote science for all of these phenomena.
0: Maybe. I i don't know. I just think it, I question, well, put it this well, way. I question the timing of all. Well, of maybe these so. Things.
1: Well, and, and that, and that you're talking about a little different subject because what you're talking about is the government trying to distract people. And, right. and I don't, I don't, Argue, I'm not going to argue against that at all. Um, but, you know, again, they don't have any credibility. That's the thing. There's no credibility attached to the U.S. government on this issue or much of anything else, because we have been lied to nonstop for the better part of a century. Um, and, I mean, there's so many examples that, you know, we could go on forever talking about it. Um, you know, so I, you know, the way I look at it is, I think we're having little Medjugorje going on all the time. And the book of revelations uh, has a lot to say about that. And nobody's given it much of any play, particularly not in the legacy corporate media. Whereas, you know, you talk to (laughs) a lot of your messianic Christians, and they're like, get right with God, because the end times are here. Right. Um, now, I get that that's something that has been said forever. OK, so.
0: Yeah. But you know what? It, the That is something that I have noticed across denominations where there's this kind of and I think there's something in people. So like there, there's this kind of argument, um, especially if somebody is like grown up occult, in a cult and heard this their whole life. They can tend to be, you know, they get out of it and they're like, this is baloney and skept- they're skeptical Things have changed, though. The popular consciousness has something. And I was talking to my brother about this because he's like, ah, you know, things, will, things are fine. And I was like, well, you know, things weren't fine in Germany beforehand. And there were some people who were like, you know what? I'm getting out. Right now, there's people who have been like, I'm leaving. I, I don't know what's happening, but things feel wrong here. I don't la- I don't feel safe in California even though it's the most beautiful state. I'm out of there. I'm going somewhere where I feel safe. There's this right. thing inside of people who, who it's a survival instinct or whatever. There were Jews who got out of Germany, who got out of Europe generally before everything happened because they saw the signs and they listened. Yeah. And and so like there is something in the human kind of self-preservation thing where we have this sense and it's interesting to me among all of the people that I know saying I've got a neighbor who is agnostic pretty much I mean he's Christian but he doesn't really go to church and you know he's a blue collar right. guy and at the end of the week his religions you know the whatever his beer is and he's like things are you know he's like quoting right. the Bible and he's right. like, You know, things are going back when you're so there's something that, you know, when I grew up, it was the crackpots talking about that kind of stuff. Everybody rolled their eyes. Now, everybody across the spectrum of any kind of and I think there was a poll done and over 60 percent of people think we're living in the end times right now. Yeah. And so like in America, at least everybody's going things are going weird. And
1: and this is it's not really related but i wanted to blurt it out before we got too far along in this cuz you mentioned a poll there was another thing Rasmussen has something out 66% of those polled believe that the feds engineered january 6th yeah okay and i that's somewhat related to this in terms of but uh, I mean, count, uh, count, people, count me
0: like, as one of the sixty-six percent. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, no. I
1: mean, I look. I, I think it's clearly true, and I think the yeah. fact that they can't account for Ray Apps at all, right? right. It's kind of the okay. Like we get it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you can just admit it now. Um, but I mean, the point is, is that like it, it's another data point in the this sort of societal breakdown and the failure of credibility. And the fact that everybody kind of sees things, that we, you get something like January sixth, which has been pummeled into our heads. It was an insurrection, and this right, was right. And, and nobody buys it. Everybody goes. Like, ah, they're still bullshit. arresting people. They're still arresting people I get right now. two thirds of the country is like, this is all bullshit. This is right. your. This is a, a you know Reichstag fire. This is a psyop. Like right. like two thirds of the American people are telling Rasmussen. Eh, the feds did that right Right. which okay so what kind of society do you have when you pour all of your eggs into that basket and two-thirds of the people which includes an awful lot of democrats like uh yeah the feds did that okay i mean i i don't know what kind of legitimacy does that government even have anymore when when you take three three years three and a half years now of of trying to you know for hey this was Pearl Harbor all over again this was our democracy right, under attack right. everybody's like whatever right like really mm-hmm. man that was your deal you did that um well you I don't know, know it, how, I don't know how that government governs yeah. I don't know how that society regains trust in mm-hmm. its leadership obviously you need new leadership but like I don't even know. I don't even know where you go from there. I mean like I should be happy about seeing that 66% number. I can't get happy about it. I look no. at that and I say, we're doomed. Like this is this is doom. When when because for example, let's say we get in a real war, which could happen any day with the idiots that run this place. Like how are you going to mobilize the American people? Right. You can't get in a real war in Ukraine and command the American people's loyalty behind that war effort. You can't.
0: But here's the thing. We're not the only ones. So I watched this video that some guy made up of all the protests, Austria, Croatia, France, Germany, all through the COVID thing where people were flooding the streets. Media didn't want to show any of it, but it was everywhere. It was in America. It was in Canada <clears throat> you know the the truckers
1: know, in Canada were the a huge thing
0: in yeah, yeah all over there was this kind of just revolt against the western leadership and people are do not trust they don't trust their elections they don't yeah. trust their government because they're like I didn't vote for this guy how did right. he get elected and i don't care if you're talking about trudeau or biden or macron all of them, uh, Boris, Boris Johnson. People are like, "I don't support you. You, right. you have betrayed the trust of the people." And then you see these kind of um, BlackRock videos and World Economic Forum where they like, you know, get uh, the guy in charge. It was like straight out of Central Casting. He looks like an you know, a villain from a Bond vi- film, right. talking about the and Bill Gates too in his high whiny pitch voice talking about the next, um, pandemic. And you're like, dude, this is like you're predicting what is going to happen. Like
1: I don't want to hear you talk about the next pandemic. You invested in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. You already know that you made your mouth
1: shut, bitch tits. We don't want to talk to you about any of this (laughs) stuff. Well, it's like, it's like, Oh yeah. Well I eat, you know, I eat fake meat and it's like, yeah, I can tell you're about to breastfeed right? Right. (laughs) Like eating coagulated estrogen. And then you're going to talk to me about what's healthy. And it's like, no, no, get back on Epstein's plane and go hang out at the Island and freaking leave us alone.
0: Right. And then we have the story of like in the Netherlands where they're the, the farmers revolted and the people supported them. And then in Denmark it's happening. And then in Ireland, they're talking about killing 200,000 cows and People are, people are like, what is going on? Who actively tries to destroy farmland? Right. You know, and then you have all the rich people buying up farmland. So when the apocalypse that they create, they can at least eat. Right. It's, it's just like, we're all watching this kind of slow rolling thing and going, what is happening here? You know, well, this- and
1: like here in Louisiana, we had this issue um because for whatever reason, the Chinese have taken an interest in farmland in Louisiana, and they're they buying up a good bit of it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, they brought a bill that basically said, look, if you're, you know, if you're a national of a foreign adversary, then we're going to regulate,
0: right?
1: Um, you know, what, what real property that you can own. Right. Right. Um, and of course they, they made that out as, Oh, this is a racist thing against uh-huh. China. Yeah, it's like, right. And of course all of the professors at LSU who mm-hmm. are Chinese, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole engineering department mm-hmm. decides to show up and scream and yell about this. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's like, who cares? Why are we mm-hmm. even worried about this? And of course the house passes it with no trouble. The state Senate, which is loaded up with rhinos. Yeah. um kills the bill mm. and the local newspaper, right? Makes this out like it's the worst thing ever. And these are rubes and idiots that are mm. bringing these bills and mm-hmm. personally attacks the bill sponsor, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as a racist and hates China. And it's like mm. she's done a Christian mission to China. Okay. I mean, like, you know, it's like the whole thing is just ridiculous, but it's the machine. Mm -hmm. right? The machine wants the Chinese to buy farmland in America. They would rather have the Chinese communist party owning farmland in America than the, than the American citizenry owning farmland. Right. And if you look at what they've done uh, policy wise, they've made it damn near impossible for regular Americans to own a farm Mm -hmm. Um, between the environmental regulations and the water use regulations and all the rest of it. And then what they've done to interest rates and everything else You can't make money running a farm, right? So you have to attach your farm to some sort of big corporate entity that's going to process the food Mm -hmm. um, and make it less healthy for people, right? And so like the entire um, infrastructure of a country feeding itself and self-reliant people, all of that is being whittled away. And, you know, so between Bill Gates and China, we're going to have a substantial chunk of our arable land owned by people who are pretty much opposed to our way of life.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's it's not just the land. It
1: sounds like a massive conspiracy theory, but every element of it checks out. It's true. Right. Well, it's just
0: where. So like in Texas, the property they have, strangely is next to an army base and is in the Rio Grande oh, Valley. And yeah. then up in Montana, they're right up yeah, to North federal Dakota's land, the same, thing. Yeah. same thing. And so like all of the land is strategic. Yeah. And so like, you're like, uh, and interestingly, the little white balloons going over America are picking up all of that and seeing what they can get away with. And then when you have a, a president, who was bribed to the tune of five million dollars by the Chinese, and that's probably a way that's underestimated. More than
1: five million, but yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and we're supposed. Everybody's supposed to pretend, and you know, Comey is refused or er, not Comey, but Christopher Wray, and then Comey before him, refusing to cooperate with um, Republicans to destroying evidence that right. they have that they've known. Yeah. Um, this, this whole. They had
1: the laptop for a year and a half before it got out, right? Right,
0: right.
1: In and... fact, it got out because they'd had it for a year and a half and did nothing. Right. And the repair shop owner was like, well, this is bullshit. How, like, you know, all of this stuff that's on this thing and they're not going to investigate it like, what the hell kind of country is this? So he gave it to Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. And then they promptly said it was Russian disinformation. hmm Yeah, uh, so like forever with example after example after example of how this government is totally, completely illegitimate, okay, and is um weaponized against the American people and weaponized against objective truth, natural Mm -hmm. law, and the and the basic morality and virtues that society has embraced for 5,000 years. And not just in the West.. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's over and over and over again from from the grooming agenda of the Biden administration where kids are concerned to the you know government after government in the states and, and you have people egging them on at the federal level about reparations to, I mean, it's just you know, the, the entire fraudulent Black Lives Matter, um apparatus that's been built with billions of dollars of unaccountable money um you know and it's all weaponized against the the good order of american society and it's clear and obvious and in their little confabs the left brags about it this is not some conspiracy theory this is the doctrine on their part right and they act out on it and then they they gaslight you into believing that you're nuts when you notice it. You know, I mean, like this is, I just told you how Tucker Carlson's show got as big as it did because he was the one guy that was on television saying, Hey, they're doing this. You're not crazy. Right. And people got, they, they saw what they, you know, the, the things that they could perceive very completely as you know, they saw validation. It's like, yes. Okay. I'm not nuts. He's saying it too. Right. But I mean, if Tucker Carlson was making stuff up, he would have never gotten where he was. The fact that his show came off as so fantastic tells you where we are. Not that Tucker Carlson is a fabulist.
0: Right. Right. So I don't know what the conclu- I I actually think that the conclusion is it's like we should be wearing uh the breadboards so you know like at the corner the end is nigh get exactly. right with god right. but I we do need, think that the a- solution to all this is we to need get right sa- with god we need
1: a sandwich board store right <laughs> <We do.
0: laughs> just everybody walking around get right with god I don't know um, I I th- I think that um the this is what I like to say like in the newsletter that I write, you know, to reassure people, you aren't imagining this. This is, this is real. This is happening. Now, I don't know if all of these, you know, right now we have all of like on the board, like the, uh, the conspiracy theorists with all the lines going over everywhere. And there's some people who are really into that. But for what, for now, what I'll say is, is there's a lot of dots up there. And you're not imagining those dots, how they all get connected and what will ultimately uh, be the result is, you know, I I keep going back to like, when 9-11 happened, there were people who died because they didn't listen to their gut, that they, they knew, they hyper rationalized the place that they were. And when the second plane hit, they died. Right. Instead of getting out of the building, when you know, and there were some people who were like, You people are crazy. I'm leaving. You know right. what I mean? Like they weren't rationalizing anything, they were getting out. Right. There, I think the people who are in blue states who are getting out, you're rational to do so. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people over analyzing where they're at and thinking that what they're feeling isn't really real. The, a lot of these blue states are nigh on to being failed states within the united states and so like the actions that people are taking are rational and um people shouldn't be denying that kind of gut feeling i think i think there's a reason for it and i do think that um the people who are doing well like, I don't know if you saw this research about the left, the dark triad, all of these social justice activists are all psychopaths, where they, you know, narcissism, and they use their cause to feel good about themselves and, and to justify yeah. violence. Right. And it's a, you know, to- totalitarian impulse from the left, which is obvious on the face of it, you know, sure. but you, ha- you have that kind of uh, behavior being normalized. And turned on and off like a spigot by the state. I yeah. always am wondering how, you know, th- they were going to have the uh, uh, trans day of rage or whatever. And then it just got turned off like, a, like it was a button to be pushed. Yeah. And, well, uh, Nashville it,
1: happened, so it wasn't good politics anymore.
0: Right. Well, so like you see these type of things that are being coordinated on the left and and, and sent disseminated through the culture. And, um, so the reaction though, that people can take is be in a community, a faith-filled community, be around the people who are doing normal things day in and day out, day Mm -hmm. out, uh, go to church, keep the structure in your life. There is such a marked difference between that and what's happening in the rest of the culture like it's getting further and further apart the dysfunction yeah. that it, it's becoming a rebellious act just to be normal and yeah. and doing the normal things that make you healthy and family and and god and all that normal stuff makes for a healthy culture and a healthy society and so go to the places where that's happening that's mm-hmm. my. i mean that's the solution in the short term, long term, I don't know that there's anywhere safe because when the loony, you know, bins of the cities, um, when they run out of resources, you know, all bets are off in my opinion because they're going to well, have to go somewhere to eat.
1: Well, at that point, you know, th- that's when Weimar Germany turns into something else. Yeah. You know, and and you know who knows when that's going to be. Um, we'll see what happens if there's a way to head off the worst of it. I don't know um, whether it's a national divorce or what it is uh, that this turns into. But I mean, you know, look, you're not crazy if you see things starting to fall apart. um, You know, and and you're certainly not crazy if you take action for it. Like, I mean, you know, like, I mean, I'll talk about what we talked about at the opening of the show. Target needs to go out of business, Right. Bud Light needs to be such a drag on Anheuser-Busch that either they have to, you know, uh, eliminate the brand or it drags the whole company down. Like those are the kinds of scalps that need to be taken because when the other side realizes that they're going to squander their resources on something they can't win with, Mm -hmm. you're going to get at least a period of time when they have to go back to the drawing board and retrench. And that might give us an opportunity to reclaim a lot of lost turf. But, you know, that depends on the right having leadership that's aggressive enough to be able to do it. Um, And it depends on people on the right being willing to do what's necessary to win these battles. So far, at least in the consumer realm, it seems like that's crystallizing and you're beginning to get it. Because the thing is, is once the damage is done to Target and Bud Light, we're going to need to find somebody else and they're lined up to be that next one. Okay. I mean, there's so many woke corporations out there yeah. begging to be the next mold. that gets whacked um, that, you know, we could be doing this for several years until the word actually gets out, but you got to take your wins when you find them and then you got to go get more. And well, I think hopefully we're a- learning how to bank those wins with some of this stuff.
0: Well, we're winning because we're not relying on the politicians. If it were up to That's the correct. politicians who get their money from these corporations, and we have already seen the weaseliness of them, um, it has to be They're fought at, at the grassroots level organically. Right. Um, and it has to be intractable. And what we're seeing is, um, to the credit of the American people, this kind of intractable um Kind of uh, digging their heels in, which the Americans are very dangerous when when they decide to be. Normally, we're not paying attention and we're kind of going about our business. And the worst thing in the world for really any enemy of America, which is what these corporations are at this point, is for no them question. to fi- to be paying attention to you. Yeah. And when once you have the the average American's attention and they're ticked off then, then it becomes trouble. And, and thankfully the American people are starting to realize their, their power. There's just this kind of like, um, utter disgust and, and fury underlying all of this. And, um, and, and this was started by the left overplaying their hand during COVID where, people actually saw what the government was up to whether it be in the schools uh how they how they use their power so um tyrannically that the the average person lost patience for you know they can rig the elections they can do whatever they're doing but the American people will, fight back whether it's with moving with you know but moving their families literally but think about all this you know something like uh thousands of small businesses got put out of business in california oh, yeah. by the government Absolutely. well the all these people harmed by the, the government regulations just caused a massive convulsion culturally and i don't think that the government has really kind of uh, absorbed what they've brought and so what That's we're seeing now with like target and with bud light and hopefully lululemon bites it and um all the rest of these woke corporations i was heartened because like the the department store belks was going to do this whole pride thing and was like whoa we're not doing it because you yeah. know, they probably did a we market actually analysis. like our
1: customers and want to keep them
0: right. right. Well, we would like to keep our customers, and our customers are kind of probably, I'm guessing, because it's a discount chain, um, or you know, kind of a you know,
1: it's a mid range, yeah,
0: mid range store. Um, they probably ever, I'm hoping every company in America is furiously doing uh market analysis and starting to actually do math instead of bowing to the this cultural rot and going mm-hmm. you know what the market can't if if for no other reason financial self-interest will win even if they're amoral Millennials running these places right hence which, which seems to be the case
1: well look it's enough if these guys recognize limits yeah like oh you can't do that that's going to put the company out of business right here to for none of these people think that there's even consequences or that they're indestructible or what i mean like just oh let's just go do it and it's like yeah but it'll be a negative um result no uh, uh-uh, no we're on the leading edge of history right and it's like right mm, not really and now they're finding that out and so maybe you you know i, I don't want to use the word fear but like If you can impose fear on the other side that the consequences of their actions will be bad, you will moderate their actions. And the right has been so bad at that over the last 25 years when it comes to the left that we're in the position that we're in. So that's the answer.
0: What we're looking for is respect. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, maybe some are afraid. A little bit of fear wouldn't hurt anybody. But all that means is it's a sign of respect for the consumer. And that's why... That's that's why the the uh drinkers of Bud Light are so angry because it was so disrespectful. Sure. Knowing who the base of the their consumer base was to basically show contempt for the people buying your product, who does that? You know, who does that and expects to survive? Well, big corporate America does because they think that they can um basically uh strong arm the american the 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 rubes out there into um submission yeah and so far they, it's worked
1: well i mean look and that that's that's what this whole pride month thing is on a grand scale yeah you know and so far it looks like people finally have gotten to the point where like i've had enough and i'm not putting up with it anymore um, and you know that's a great thing. I think that that you know, I mean, I I keep hopefully talking about an American revival. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the kind of thing that presages that, mm-hmm. right? Is you know, you you need an American, um, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. You like you need America to recognize. You need American recognition before you can get an American revival. Mm -hmm. Right. You need you need to survey the situation, understand what's needed, and then you can go do it. And I like I think part of the problem is and one of the things that we can give Trump credit for is that Trump brought about a great bit of the recognition, because when Trump went in, people didn't realize how bad things actually were. Right. And for the four years he was president and then the three years since we have seen how bad things really are. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, like I've always said that Trump was like the John the Baptist here and that somebody else was going to come along and be Jesus. Well, one of the things that John the Baptist did was make people understand what was ne- what was needed. Mm-hmm. Right. He talked about the coming of the Messiah and people finally got around to the idea of why there was the need for a Messiah. Right. Um, you know, he he was kind of the almost the first Alinskyite, which is a really bad um uh analogy but like he stirred the pot john the baptist made people uncomfortable with the way things were and right. that was what that was what primed the pump for when jesus came along that there were people willing to listen to what he had to say yeah um and i you know I, trump is by no means a perfect john the baptist but um there are elements of that role that i think work where he's concerned so yeah. you know maybe we can give him credit for that
0: <laughs> okay on that happy note all of you Trumpy people are you should be very very pleased <laughs> so, all the DeSantis people out there will be pissed off that we're giving Trump any credit for anything
1: well, unless you think DeSantis is Jesus so maybe no, well uh-huh. exactly
0: yeah and some people do so you yeah. know, it seems to be that way. Personally, he's, I don't think any politician is gonna. Yeah, he's you know, a little
1: nasally for Jesus. He's gonna have to work on that. But anyway. yeah,
0: work kind on of his speaking stuff. Anyway, well, with that, um, take heart. I think that if we're at a definite turning point in history, and we're on the front, you know, front row of watching it, um, and the battle lines are drawn right now, we're in a kind of cold war with the economic fighting. And, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but I do think that we are in a definite pivotal cultural societal moment, not just here, but in the West, generally really around the world. I mean, things are, things are kind of going crazy everywhere. So. Uh, get right with God. <laughs> Next time, I'll wear a placard to say, you know, the end is nigh. Anyway, right.
1: repent. The end is nigh.
0: Repent. The end is nigh. Well, thank you, Scott, and thank you all for listening, like, and subscribe. Uh, we'll probably this this post anytime we talk about a you know election fraud or the polling around it. The we get deplatformed from YouTube. We may never be on there again. So make sure to uh, listen to our podcast, you know, like it's Spotify or Apple or Twitter, um, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. yep. We're absolutely
1: putting, Twitter.
0: Absolutely Twitter. And uh, you can find us everywhere. And of course, the uh, spectator.org. So thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. We'll see you next week. And thank you, Scott. Um, talk to you later.